Jay. I'm Josh. I'm Brian. I'm Alex. And this is Comics Verse. How's it going, listeners? Welcome to another Comics Verse podcast. Today's podcast is Batgirl of Burnside. I'm your host, Alex, and with me we have Kay. Say hello, Kay. Hello. I almost said my own name again. What's up? I like the Burnside comic a lot. I'll take it over to Josh, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Here you I'm go, jo- Josh. I'm Josh. You guys know me. Talking or about Batgirl they? again. Uh, this is the second time we've talked about Batgirl, but this time we'll be focusing on the Burnside uh, variation. Uh, so we'll have a lot to say about that. Uh, next up, we got Brian, who actually recommended we read Batgirl Burnside. What up, Brian? Thank you. What's up, Alex? I recommended it. I'm a fan of it. Anyone who reads our site, which you should, comicsfirst.com, go there after you're done listening to this. I mean, you should be on comicsfirst.com if you're listening to the podcast generally. Plug it. Just do everything Comics First. Go to ComicsFirst.com, download our podcast, listen to our podcast, listen to it twice. You can't resist the sound of my voice. Come on. Come in. But yeah, I recommended the back row of Burnside arc. I'm a big, big fan of that arc, as we'll get into, and I'll effusively praise it for the next you know, hour or however long we go. Nice. And uh, finally, we have the beautiful Jamie, all the way from Oklahoma, who has been doing uh, podcasts all day and is still so brilliantly chipper. What's up, Jamie? Hi, I am Chipper, um, and um, actually, I'm a Batgirl virgin. Uh, this is my this is my first time out. Oh my god, and same. Actually, first time should always be special, you know. Kay and I are just like best friends now, and we just met. But actually, it's fun because if you listen to the Bitch Planet podcast, you know that basically Brian and I always love the same things. So the fact that Brian recommended it had me pretty certain from the start I was gonna gonna be a fan, and I am. I'm here. Yeah. Damn it, so predictable. <laughs> Seriously. All right, I guess the first question uh, that should be asked is why, why did you choose this? Why, why, this uh, why this arc? Why? Well, and uh, for those who don't know, I'll, I'll give a quick synopsis of what the comic is yeah, in, my, in my answering of your question here. I've always been a big fan of Batgirl. My first exposure to the character and to comics in general was on Batman the Animated Series, probably like a lot of people my age, which is most of us, like roughly the same, similar age range. It's simply the best. It is. And Barbara Gordon on that show, quite frankly, kicked ass, both in the original seasons when she appears like three or four times, and then in the fourth season when they kind of changed over the show a little bit, like same continuity but sped forward, she's a, re- she's a regular character in almost every episode, and again, she kicks ass. So I'm a big, big, big Barbara Gordon fan. Listen, I'm a big fan of Barbara Gordon, the character, either as Oracle or as Batgirl. We'll get into in a little bit the idea of like that they relaunched the new 52 and re- kind of undid her time as Oracle and put her back to being Batgirl. And I love Gail Simone. And I, for the most part, enjoyed her run on Batgirl. But starting in last October's issue 35, Batgirl kind of got a new look and a new status quo, which has been collected in the Batgirl Burnside trade, which is what we're we're reviewing here, which is issues 35 to 40, plus a short story from a DC Comics uh, Secret Origins comic. And um, basically the story revolves around... Batgirl moves out of Gotham to its neighboring uh, neighboring neighborhood of Burnside, which is basically like Brooklyn to Gotham's Manhattan. Uh, she moves there to go to graduate school. The book is very, very modern in tone. There's a lot of social media references. Very, very youthful in its artwork by Babs Tarr. And uh, what co-writers Cameron Stewart and Brendan Fletcher have kind of do in the story, Batgirl moves to Burnside. Uh, she gets very drunk her first night there, which caused some controversy, though I'm not really sure why. Her laptop gets stolen. Over the course of the first three or four issues, she kind of encounters some technological-themed villains, 
all of whom seem to know something about her personally and she can't figure out how or why. Eventually, it's revealed that the the orchestrating, the orchestrating, I wouldn't call it a person, but the orchestrating presence behind this is actually a reading of Barbara's mind that she had scanned into a computer to create a crime-fighting algorithm. And this reading had been done after she had just been paralyzed. And it, it kind of encapsulated all of Barbara's anger. And in a meta sense, it's kind of pre-New 52 Barbara. So she has to come to terms with defeating herself, basically. And by defeating herself at the end of the book, she, she's been struggling with her identity throughout the story. you know, And she comes to term with, terms with it by defeating herself. And in general, I recommended it because I think it's it's an outstanding book. I think that it's, you know, I, I know some people, and I'm sure we'll get into it, think that it's too hipster, too modern. But my take on that is, why shouldn't there be a modern book? And it's not like DC took their whole line mm-hmm. and made, you know, every every book hipster or right. modern or focusing on youth. Mm-hmm. But the bottom line is Barbara Gordon is supposed to be between 21 and 23 years old on the floating timeline of comics. And if, it's, if she's supposed to be that age in the modern world, she would be acting like someone who's that age in the modern world. And I really enjoyed seeing that reflected. That's why I chose the book. So I guess that's what I think. I'll open it up to you guys. What did each of you think of the book? Well, I'll start as I'm also a Batgirl virgin, so to speak. So I was really impressed, actually, because... Pretty much from the start, you can tell what they're trying to do in terms of like modernizing it or like keeping it current. And there are so many ways where that can go wrong. And I thought that in art and in story, it was very compelling still. Like there were like, you know, there are places where it can get really dark. Like it's like a or like this story can get kind of dark just in the sense that like you're fighting yourself. And um, it just takes this like weird uh, technological permutation of yourself, which is like so relevant right now, like in terms of like just being sucked into the ether that is the internet and like having an identity that's like not really yours, but is you. And like it's um, I thought it was it like took the modern backdrop and it was like really clever I don't think that it was but like with the right amount of camp and I guess like since she's a girl that's like within my age group I thought that was like I was like this is very accurate but like I would still like totally fuck with her like I would want to be friends with her like she's so cool and like you know the problems that she have may seem like you know arbitrary but are like ones that would be super relevant when you're 21 and you're just like you know like you know just getting her thesis together in school and then also like dating and just what's appropriate in that sense and just like I kind of like that about her it was like she made her very believable and just very sincere character that's just trying to you know do her thing and I really like that yeah I feel that I think my favorite part of this uh this trade uh, aside from the art, which I really hope we get into later, because, oh my god, the art, like, killed it. You actually get to see, um, in, a, in a rare moment, I guess, you get to see a member of the Bat family uh, having an actual life. Mm. And I thought that was, that was, uh, it was really interesting, because you, you never really see that, you know, you don't see the Robins really going out and, and partying. I guess you see that a little bit in the animated series, where, uh, was it, was it uh, Dick Grayson who went to college? Yeah, so yeah, mm-hmm. yes. so that went to Grayson. You know, had to sneak out of his dorm to to help Batman. Uh, but other than that, yeah, they, you don't you really see them. You know, at parties or or, uh, or getting drunk or anything. Mm-hmm. And so I guess in that sense, it's it's a large uh, departure from what you consider the Bat family to be. You know, this like dark and, and brooding, uh, this dark brooding family. And uh, you know, to and especially with this art, which is very vibrant at times. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's bright and it's fun. 
and uh, it's goddamn optimistic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, I thought that was a really interesting take on, uh, on Batgirl. I mean, just to go off of what you said, also like there's even a like a part where. Black Canary is like, what, you think that it's okay for you to be doing this and, like, being obsessed with your public image? Like, what would Batman think? And she's like, he doesn't run my life. Like, he's not, I'm not about that. And I was just like, damn. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I was like, you go, girl. Like, you do your thing. (laughs) Bruce could not have been happy about that one. Yeah. Think, and I think what I really liked about, like, especially I love that scene so much where she's like, well, screw Batman. I'm going to do my life the way I want to do it. I think that the reason why sometimes... Um, narratives that like deal with social media can be so bad is because I'll get so frustrated as a person who is like raised in the area of like kind of like social media rising that sometimes they'll like demonize social media they're like you shouldn't be on it so much like you shouldn't post so many pictures you shouldn't do so many statuses and it doesn't just like the first cover I really love it with her in her Batgirl suit and she's taking a selfie in the mirror it's just like the epitome of like being a woman (laughs) in society now I feel like yeah, Kate feels me. Um, no, I do. Cause like, and I think that it's great that they don't necessarily at the end be like, technology ruined it. I think it's more kind of like my mindset at that time is what's ruining this, not, mm-hmm. oh, social media and technology is the worst thing that's ever happened to society and we can't socialize now and we can't make friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, initially I was actually, um, I used to read the Gail Simone Batgirl and I was a big fan. It was a lot darker. You know, and she was doing a lot of more crossover stuff with, like, the uh, the rest of the Bat family when they were doing some of that stuff. But initially, I was very against this Batgirl because I'm just like, oh, man, like, she's going to school now for some reason, even though she's, like, a genius. <laughs> um, and, like, it's, just, it's such a drastic change from what it was. I mean, I've grown to kind of like it a lot more, but I just still feel like the character development for the supporting cast is pretty weak. It's like, they're all kind of like, mm, you know, like the the cop that she's dating, like, it was like, all right, of course he hates Batgirl. Like, I hate that guy. That right? guy is so useless. Like, he reminds me of every bad boyfriend Buffy ever had in that show. Yeah, like, yeah, he's yeah, he's Riley, say what? What? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Like, it's funny because I guess in a young 20-ish year old girl standpoint i feel like i so didn't care about her friends like at all <laughs> i was just like all about Batgirl, and like everything else was so tertiary for me that i was like yeah like that girl needs to just do her damn thing right now <laughs> and like it's it's very clear even when you're reading it that maybe not as emo as usual but like she's very much still isolated still trying to like figure herself out in relation to other people and I feel like that's a very real emotional like problem that anyone would go through at any age but like especially when you're 20 something yeah all right and um you know to pick up on what Kay and Josh were discussing and you know Jamie I'm actually going to use the cover that you brought up the great Batgirl 35 Mm -hmm. cover one of my favorite complaints that I read on the internet about Batgirl 35's cover was people complaining that and I swear this is real it's so unreal Batgirl would never take a selfie in her costume. And I thought that was just the stupidest thing I'd what? ever heard. Like, beyond that, name me one comic book cover that's not like some impressionistic thing of what's going on inside. Yeah. Like, Batgirl at no point is literally taking a selfie in her costume. No. As, especially because Spider-Man literally made his living on taking his own selfie. That is yeah. literally how oh he made it. Oh my gosh, that is the best That's critique. totally fair, yeah. I mean, yeah. That's fantastic. He's been doing that forever. So yeah. to have Batgirl do this one is just like, oh, hey, just doing what Spider-Man did. Like, whatever. 
So um, to pick up on what Josh and Kay were talking about after our, my little selfie diversion, <laughs> I thought it was very interesting, like you, you know, touching on uh, the aspects of darkness within the book. I thought it was really interesting how obviously, like from an outside the narrative standpoint, the idea that the creative team had, and I'm sure the idea that DC and their editors had was to do a lighter Batgirl book. But I found it really one of, the, and I was wary of that going in, to be honest. But one of the things that I found really cool that they did was they didn't just like do, oh, it's lighter for the sake of lighter. Like, I like the idea that they kind of had Barbara not discount what had happened to her before, but basically say, I'm changing my outlook. I'm going to do my best not to wallow in the things that have happened to me. I am going to look forward and I am going to finish my degree and I'm going to move into this apartment and I'm going to spend time with my friends and my new friends and my old friends and really play with the idea that this wasn't that yes it from a meta standpoint it was making Batgirl a lighter book but really Barbara Gordon is trying to live with a lighter outlook on life inside the narrative and I thought that was cool if I can offset that actually and go you know go back to what you said about some covers uh, what was your what was your opinion about that really controversial Batgirl cover, uh, which featured uh, Joker and uh, and Batgirl, and what many deemed to be uh, sexually compromising or sexually not explicit, but uh, very sex like a, a provocative, like suggestive, cover. Yeah, suggestive, like a very like rapey cover. Alex you... wants to get me in trouble, everybody. I no. do. I definitely. Do. <laughs> I mean, Alex wants to get. This me. is this is the medium I, where you you know you can I say mean, your thoughts. I'm not a fan of censorship, but mm. I hated that cover. You mm. did air quotes. So I did understands. air quotes in real life. I did air quotes on a podcast that none of you can see. So air quotes. air quotes. I'm not a censorship person. And I'm not the kind of person who's like, I thought the cover was disgusting, personally, because of the meaning behind it. If anyone hasn't seen the cover, it's it's a homage to the killing joke because, you know, we haven't had enough of those in the last 25 years. Yeah, really, though. But here's my issue with it. If some people like that, that's awesome. Here's my issue with it. And I understand that it's a variant cover. I get it. I know that. But everything about this run of Batgirl, everything from the covers to the marketing to the, to the book itself has been about moving past that image of Batgirl, moving past the image of Barbara Gordon mm-hmm. as the victim of the Joker, right. moving past the image of Barbara Gordon as a victim, period. And to stick a cover on that variant mm. or not that th- brings that right back to the forefront mm-hmm. was a ridiculous decision in my mind hell you know what if dc wanted to sell that as a poster i would never buy it but all the power to anyone who wants to but to slap it on this book would have been a mistake in my opinion so you're less upset about the f- of what it looks like and more upset about what it it represents in terms of of, of impeding her character development mm. as a, as a character in this I don't know if less upset is the right wording as much as I don't like that image, but I'm not going to say it should never exist and should be banned forever. But I completely agree with pulling it for as a cover for this book for content reasoning Yeah. for not and not content in a censorship way content as far as what the content of this book is versus what that cover represented. I mean, but that's the kind of like draws attention to like something that I've talked to many people about in terms of just like the discrepancy between cover art, there's cover art, cover meaning with content. Because I used to be one of those people who like, I still kind of am, I'm not going to deny it. Like I'm really, like there are times where I like the cover art much more than the art inside. And like, you know, there are other times where I'll like pick one up and be like, oh my God, it looks so good. And then I see the inside, I'm just like, never mind. And like, it's just interesting to me because 
I guess just because I did Emma Frost recently from her origin story, it's kind of like I would have never picked that up. Like just because unless I liked her to begin with. But then like when I read it, it was everything I wanted it to be. But I actually like because I'm not familiar with the cover that we're talking about. But I feel like just logically, it also doesn't the discrepancy between the cover and the content doesn't even have like a specific meaning to it. It just wouldn't make sense. Like it would just totally be disconnected. Like what? Like that has nothing to do with what we read together. Oh, that okay. I mean, still, but like, it's just it nothing to do <laughs> with anything. And I guess, and my biggest thing, like to pick up on what Kay was just saying, this is obvious. And you know, I know that the the big thing here is, well, it's a variant cover. Very few people will see it. That's not the point. People will see it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to me, this it's, is obvious. It's, it's a controversy. Everyone's seeing it now. Right. Yeah. And this is obviously a book that is shooting for an audience that maybe has never read comics before or has never read a Batgirl comic before. So sticking that cover on it, there are people who won't buy it for that reason. And that, to me, that's doing a disservice. Not only is it doing a disservice to the creative art, from a real common sense standpoint, why would DC Comics want to do that? (laughs) I actually want to jump on a point that you mentioned over there, which was uh, who who Batgirl is uh, appealing to. It feels like to me that there was a very specific, uh, you know, age group and audience that I think they were going for, and I think it's an age group that um, is not generally looked at. And I think it's uh, it's like uh, girls who are in their you know late teens to I guess uh, early mid twenties, and that's not a, a demographic. Yeah, Jamie's you know pumping her fist. <laughs> that's for me and Kay. Yeah, that's for you and Kay. <laughs> that's for us. Because it's it's a demographic that you don't usually see catered to in, mm-hmm. in comics. Usually, you know, it's it's either you know. It's got these, you know, like Batman, Superman types who who are, you know, from mostly, you know, teenage, you know, younger and teenage and I guess old. I mean, really, it's just guys, really. Uh, and you have, you know, Wonder Woman, who is a who is a very, you know, prominent uh, female character. But she's, she's an not Amazon queen, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's not. I don't think she's entirely. And I, obviously, I can't really speak about for this. But I don't know if she's entirely relatable for just like you know the the younger girls. You know, and uh, and, then you, and you have your Batwoman, but she's still like, she's older too. So I think it's really interesting the fact that they really reined it in and put like you know put her in a very specific age demographic and put a lot of uh, references that demographic would understand, like a bunch of the, the smartphones and you know the fashion and a lot of that. And for the record, Brian and I could also be girls identifying and on the girls team. Yes, they could. <laughs> we're, we're all inclusive in comics verse. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny though. You talk about identifying, and I was actually going to bring this up later, but can bring it up now. Fuck it. There's a scene in the first, you know, it's issue 35, but for the focus of what we're talking about, the first issue, which, again, caused controversy among certain members of the comic book community because Barbara Gordon gets drunk and, you know, wakes up with a hangover the next day. And to me, that is just the most ridiculous thing in the world to complain about. And maybe it's my age. Maybe it's because, you know, I'm 27 and, you know, I... I, Obviously, you know, just coming out of my mid-20s, I was in my mid to early 20s a short time ago. But to me, it's like, you know, it's not like they had Barbara Gordon, like, sit there and shoot up heroin. She's a 22, 23-year-old woman who had too much to drink at a party and had a hangover the next day. And, you know, people kind of, you know, lost their shit over it. And my, my thought on that has always been that, that a lot of the people who lost their shit over it were older readers who have been reading comics for mm-hmm. a long time, which yeah. is all the power to them. I've been reading comics a long time at this rate. Right. But you have older readers that kind of 
even though Barbara Gordon is supposed to be a younger character, since they felt like they grew up with her, they almost expect the character to act in line with their age, Mm -hmm. which to me is nonsensical if she's supposed to be 22 years old. But I also think it must be, I think partially it's, uh, I think we mentioned it in another podcast, but I'll mention it here. It's kind of just like making these characters that you follow and love and have survived through time. You want to like, you kind of idolize them and they're like kind of like these religious figures to you. So obviously like, you know, as much as I understand that, that's where it becomes so problematic because, you know idolatry or like even religion kind of suggests that there's like a set rule or that there's like a set way to be a like a certain way so of course like there are going to be people who are going to be upset about that even despite how just logically it's just like uh yeah well she's 22 of course she's gonna drink like it's just like very culturally relevant but yeah actually yeah i have two points to make about this uh first one's really quick and it's when i actually when i read it too i was a little bit shocked and it was mostly it was mostly for what I said before about you know uh, the Bat family because you don't right. ever see any of the Robins or or Bruce himself you know go out on a bender. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was it was it was very interesting to me. So like oh like whoa shit Batgirl's drinking like that that's pretty cool. Uh, but another thing I think is that alcohol in comics and this is my own you know this is my own observation. This is what I've you know seen. It's you it's it's never portrayed in a in a good light i guess you know Mm -hmm. if someone's drinking it's not because they're like oh what's up i'm just gonna be chilling with a couple buddies like having some beer like you think of alcohol crutch yeah yeah. it's a crutch like you think like if someone's sad they're going to a bar and it's it's sadness alcohol right 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 right. wolverine's a hardcore alcoholic but he's depressed all the time you know there was that whole thing with uh, the demon in the bottle iron man storyline and that was a big obstacle for him to get over it was a it was a bad thing so to see you know barbara gordon who, you know, 22 years old, like, this is, you know, what, you know, college and graduate school kids do. There's no, you know, it's not like she's an alcoholic. It's not that this is, you know, she's sad. It's she's doing this, you know, with her friends. This is what they do. And to see alcohol, I guess, uh, portrayed in this in this light, in this non-negative light, is, is also surprising. Valid. That's fair. Yeah. Like, I, I can see the point. I guess my biggest thing with it, and then, sorry, Jamie, I'll let you go, is even like what you said and I'm not and I like I said I think your point was very valid but even that they didn't have Batgirl go on a it's yeah, not that Barbara Gordon bender. went off on a bender where she where she was loaded for days yeah. she had too much to drink at a party it, to me that's just yeah. such a realistic and relatable thing yeah and I think that and I was say I when I hear that that was a controversy um I totally believe it and then it makes me happy that they didn't imply which I think you could argue they might have implied it but I'm happy she didn't have a one night stand because Lord knows like if she that did happened, it oh that that was that was actually part of the controversy too that she well, that I she mean, even ho- dared to hook up with a man and I think that like I think that's also like a part of a bigger problem it's like especially with a female character in a comic book that's been there for a long time and you think about older readers it's like she was never challenged before like she was always very clearly what is this is how women are and Mm so like to like for example i don't know if k felt the same but when i read that i was like never for a second was like wow this is crazy like a woman doing that like i'm like that's my life when i read (laughs) yeah no that's so yeah that's really valid actually it's funny because i only had to abstract it mentally when i heard that it was a considered a problem but i was like wait where though like i don't understand i just thought it was funny like i thought it was like borderline cute if anything just because it's like oh like babe you just like drank too much and like you hooked up with some dude and you forgot his name the next day like whatever like (laughs) shit happens but then she like snaps right back into like 
go mode when she's just like, oh shit, like my shit is stolen. Like I have to like re-remember. And I was like, girl, I would not be able to remember any of that shit. Okay, like good for you. And then she puked in the trash can. <laughs> I know, but like, and, but she like still did everything. Oh yeah, she rocked it. She, she and was I was just champion. like, oh girl. And you know, you know what's funny? And this ju- like this just popped into my head right now, like as we're talking about it. The same people who lambasted that are probably people who adore the Iron Man movies where when Robert Downey Jr. plays Tony Stark as, you know, I wouldn't say an overboard alcoholic, but But he he drinks a lot in those movies and has a lot of one night stands. And I'm sure there are people who, these are the same people who love that. Yeah, they're like, Tony Stark's the man, look at him. Which is just stupid because, like, is it, I don't know if it's, like, an age thing. Like, well, it may be an age thing because I guess Tony Stark is older but like it just seemed so harmless like i agree with jamie completely like i didn't question it for a second like i didn't even think like usually i'm able to be pretty self-aware being like oh like i don't have a problem with this but i I can see someone having a problem with this i just like read through it It was like cool cool like i relate to her cool cool like it just so wasn't a thing and like i wouldn't even necessarily say that like i relate a lot to the social media aspect of it but i can recognize that it is acknowledging my demographic which i kind of just appreciate in general and also i just like that she's not like ridiculously busty she's like a lean fit girl who like jogs and stuff and you know i was just like yeah this i like this girl like i'm not in you know i'm not weirdly sexually intimidated by her she seems like a nice person like she's smart i would like to be friends with this person and that, like, never happens when I read women in comics. I don't know if you feel the same way, Jamie, but it's no. very weird for me. Okay, to- I would like to say that I was going to say the same thing. Like, it was important to me to say it because I feel like sometimes when I see, like, for example, when I was walking around even Special Edition and they have commissions of different female superheroes and um, sometimes they'd be drawn, like, really busty and demure and in a weird pose. And I'd be like, that is not who Spider-Gwen is. Or, like, I'm like, that is not that's like that's not her like that's not a woman like that is something different but it's not a real woman so when I saw Barbara Gordon's like her drawing and her form it feels like a real woman like I'm like she and she looks good but I'm never like oh wow like look at that like figure I'm like oh it's a real like fit strong woman who would look that way if she was that girl and I feel the same way about male characters too like I Mm -hmm. there are times where I'm just like that's not like stop it. Like <laughs> you don't have those like, like things Wolverine coming look like that. You're like, men yeah. don't look like that. I think like in very in all honesty, that's how I feel. Just because I think that's why characters can be so compel much more compelling as like in film because they actually are people <laughs> instead of being drawn. I agree completely, Josh. Anything to add before we wrap up this segment? Yeah, I was gonna say the whole drinking thing. That's just dumb. Like, I didn't even think about it as an issue when I when I was reading it. I was just like, what? <laughs> Who cares? Like, she could be smoking a joint for all I give a shit. As long as she's saving people's lives and stuff, you know. So. I think you're thinking of uh, Blunt Man and Chronic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, one of the biggest, from a storytelling standpoint, points of the book is kind of the idea of Barbara trying to find her identity and eventually it culminates with Barbara against herself in a way. Barbara against this algorithm that's her own reading of her own brain and in a meta standpoint it's kind of like this new Barbara versus the Barbara who is burdened kind of by baggage and anger that was Oracle and in a lot of ways was Mm -hmm. Gail Simone's New 52 run. Uh, Josh, I know you had some thoughts about this so why don't you kick us off? Um, Well, Initially... I was though actually turned off by the whole Burnside, like going back to the hipster thing. You know, I felt this like I'm, I wouldn't even say it's too modern because I don't mind modern, 
it was just too. You just hate hipsters. I, it's not. I, I kind of <laughs> hate hipsters, but also like I. It's just too much of it, you know? Um, but I started to... but the, And so, like, the supporting cast was kind of, like, whatever, but the story was good. Her fighting herself and, you know... I mean, she's, like, the character that you would expect in, like, the hipsterhood. Yeah. Like, you wouldn't expect fucking, like, uh, you know, I don't know, like, Tim Drake rucking around in, like, a, you know, a sweater and yeah. fucking scarf. Yeah. Like, yeah. She, no. she just kind of rocks it. She's, like, naturally cool. She's always been, you know, cool. Like, Batman wasn't the one that recruited her. She kind of jumped into this herself right. after seeing her dad. Uh, so, I mean, she's always been different than all the Robins because she got into it for different reasons. You know, she's always been a different character. So to put her in this this hipster fun setting is very much within her character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree to like that a little bit more. And uh, I was just going to say, like, the ending, well, I definitely got me... And I wasn't expecting that. I was like, oh, it's her the whole time. So yeah. I thought that was really cool because it's kind of like the whole thing was about her fighting like her own like self-doubts. and Right. Um, or it's like the worst part. Or like not even the worst part, just like a very dark part of her. That's yeah. what I right. meant by right. like, that's what I meant by like how I love that it kept like, it was like, it kept this campiness that is not necessary, but is always like nice to see in comics. But it's like, kind of everything about it like the story and the setting is very like you know Batgirl 2.0 but then like but there's like very just standard Batgirl dark shit going on and it's just like when you realize like oh it's like not even just all in your head like which is you know the Bat family tends to be like very cerebral like in their issues and psychological but with this it's just like oh no like this is like literally just like a manifestation of yourself that wants you killed and like doesn't have a body and wants to replace you and that's really crazy and i thought that was really dark in its own way um i like the crossdresser why did you like the crossdresser as a villain because <laughs> like again it was one of those things where they could have definitely like I understand that there's like controversy around it anyway, but they definitely could have spun it in a way that's like you're a man, and like instead they were just you know it was just not it was just like circumstantial. It was just that's how the villain was, and that's what I liked about it. Yeah, I remember and, someone was telling me that someone you know yeah. not too long ago. I, I also like the <laughs> I also like the glam rock aspect of him, just like because like you see a picture of him at the art gallery he's doing and he's just like this very pretentious like prayer hands artist and just to see him in a position that's like I'm Batgirl and it's just kind of like okay like yes yes you are are, are. yeah when I read like the original issue I thought it went too overboard the changes that they make for the trade I think make it fun yeah because it's not like they don't demonize him at all for dressing like a woman no that's just it's like like, a circumstance right and like bar like Batgirl doesn't care like huh. she, she, yeah, exactly. she doesn't care that he's a dude. She just cares that he's been fucking with her life. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, something I, I thought was really cool about the story itself, uh, I thought Batgirl had a really solid secret identity because uh, she's integrated into the real world. She has real-world friends. Like, she goes to school. She gets, like, in trouble with the fucking school, you know? She is fleshed out as a, as a, real, as a real person, you know? Like, you don't expect a superhero in, in like, life to be like, oh, yeah, I, I got drunk with fucking Batgirl. She puked in my toilet. It was, it was pretty chill. You don't think that. In you know, the fucking th- school? Yeah. <laughs> what? Like, oh, now we're getting all crazy about no, the language? I'm not. I'm like, now crazy, we're, but it's just we can, the language use, doesn't make sense. We can use cunty to describe Jean Grey. We can't, I can't say fuck if I'm out of school. I'm so curious why 
she didn't. I mean, it has nothing to do with this. But anyway. Anyway. Uh, yeah. I mean. Yeah. So she's she's uh, fleshed out to the world as a real person instead of like a reclusive, you know, singular entity, you know, as a one-dimensional, you know, character. I guess. I really appreciated the permutation that they took for Batgirl in this in this um, arc, just because like I need someone from the Bat family not to be angsty. I I love Batman for all that he is. I really do. He caters to my goth and my inner goth, so I, I really do fuck with him. But with Batgirl, I just love seeing this. Like, you do actually see another side of her, where it's just like, this is my life as a 20-something-year-old girl. Like, this is what I care about. Oh, I also have to do this other thing where I, like, fight crime. So I kind of like that because it's very easy, at least for me, who's, like, I guess not as educated in Batgirl. I only have Batman to go off. I'm like, Batman can sometimes just be like, Bruce Wayne, Batman, like, who the fuck? Like, it's just the same, like, stoic man at the end of the day. So it's Mm. nice to see Batgirl kind of break away from that. Well, that was one of the problems because the Gail Simone Batgirl, which, you know, I'm a big fan of, even though it was pretty good, after a while it did get, not even so much stale, but a little bit stale, you could say, but also there were too many crossovers with the general just uh, Batman stories. Mm -hmm. So it was just like, you're still telling the same story just from her perspective and it's super dark and like people are getting killed and stuff. And so it's like, instead it's, it's, it's just weird because it's like, this is supposed to be still in Gotham. Yeah. But it's, now, it's, now to be fair, yeah. um, there was a lot of, there was some big Batman stuff going on in, in recent 52 as of late. Right. You know, you had, you had the whole end game thing, you know, there's a lot of Joker who was obviously very important in, in her, in her history as a character. So yeah, I mean, I guess uh, an excuse for Gail Simone would have been like, you know, she, Batman needed her like at, you know, more than ever at that point. Right. Like I don't, I don't blame it on Gail Simone for the crossovers. I just, right. I just think that. You know, like me personally, I am a humongous fan of Batgirl, obviously, and I'm a huge fan of Nightwing, Dick Grayson, whatever. And to me, like, I don't read Batman. It's not that I don't like Batman, but I don't read any Batman books. Right. So, and I understand these are Bat characters. There's going to be crossovers every once in a while. But by the end of the Gail Simone run, like, I think it's in the te- in like the teens issues. There's like four of six issues at one point were crossing over to different things. Like, for example, Batgirl uh, with Endgame with the Joker, they did a crossover, but it was a one-shot. Mm-hmm. It wasn't in the regular numbering of the series, so if you wanted to check it out, you could, you could very easily check it out, but it didn't interrupt the story that the creators were telling. All right. uh, um, anyone have any other uh, story elements that they enjoyed? I do. Kind of related to her, what you were saying about her life and how you liked that. I really liked, actually, this makes so much sense because I was saying to the group earlier that I'm a Ravenclaw and I like nerdy school stuff. But I really liked the stuff about her thesis. And I liked her friend research assistant, who I can't think of the name, but she wore the veil. Yeah, she's the best. She was really sassy and I loved her. She was so cool. And she was like, don't fall in love with the thesis advisor guy. Like, he's, like, so dumb. And then she would, like, go out, like, to, like, with Barbara to get a drink. I don't think she was drinking, but she would go out for drinks. And she'd be like, girlfriend, this is crazy. She's like, you you have to find this. Like, it's all going to be fine. I have a friend. I'll hook you up. Like, she was actually my favorite character even more than No, for sure. For sure. I totally agree. Um, even more than the girl. I liked, I did, like, I had, I liked the girl, her roommate. But, like, I really enjoyed that the only thing that i thought was kind of funny about the book was kind of it has to be like the male characters like every like cute male character she would run into he would like blush and then she would blush and then they would always keep running into each other 
Yeah. Um, and it was very rom-commy. And I kind of liked it. But at the same time, I was kind of like, this is silly. Actually, yeah, that was silly. That was one of those things where I'm still ambivalent about it, actually. Because, like, I was, like, thinking about that where I was reading it. And I was like, wow, everyone's really attractive at this school. <laughs> like, yeah. everyone's really there, yeah. thin. And Jesus. Like, even the quote, like, I know it sounds, like, shitty to put it this way. But, like, you know, just... Like, anyone, like, the, the thesis advisor, the nerds, the asshole who, like, had that busty girlfriend who was, like, a, you know, just famous for some reason. Like, they're yeah. all, like, like young people that are attractive. But then I thought about it, and, I mean, again, I can't speak as an outsider because I'm not, an, I, like, I'm not. But I guess, like, I don't know. I just thought of, like, comedians like Louis C.K., for instance, who, are, like, who just talk about young people as just, like, stupid pretty young people like just don't even know what's going on yet and are just like really attractive and like coasting through life and like and I feel like that's such a like 20 something year old problem to have where it's just like you think you're so self-aware and it's like nah dude like there's all this other shit you have to worry about eventually it's really hard being pretty though it's really difficult. <laughs> well I'm just saying that it's kind of funny like because I get it it's like rom-commy and it is silly but I was like I was like I'll let this slide like if it was like a poor if it was like a weak story or anything, I could have maybe had a problem with it. But because it was part of like a much stronger backbone of a story, I so like rolled with it. I thought it was cute. It didn't really bother me just because even though that that happened, like every time she ran, you know, if she ran into a guy she was attracted to, there was that little like quote unquote cutesy moment or whatever. The but meat cute. The meat cute. Yeah. But the story, the story never became about that. Yeah, exactly. Like, honestly, like we talked about before, she has a love interest, but their relationship is so barely focused on that you don't yeah, even care about it's him. That's true, yeah. And yeah. on the one hand, that makes him weak as a character, I agree. But on the other hand, I did like the fact that they didn't just like, oh, it's a female title, so we're going to make it all about this relationship mm -hmm. that she has. Like, no, right. that's just a part of her life. And honestly, with everything going on at that time, it's a small part of her life. Mm -hmm. right. So it's a small part of her narrative. You almost don't care if it works out or not. Yeah. Really. Like, that's kind of how I felt about it. That's why I didn't even have a problem with him. Again, like, the same way I didn't mind that the characterizations were weak. But I was just kind of like, yeah, all right. Like, he hates Batgirl. Understood. But she's so much cooler than you. <laughs> like, sorry, bye. Like, whatever. You're nice and cute and all, but... You look like that dude from Frozen. <laughs> what a dude! So. Um, I know Brian. You had yeah, uh, you had a very specific moment that you were very eager to talk about. Do you want to get on that? Yeah. One thing that I absolutely loved were the Jawbreaker twins. They were so cool. Who uh, from issue like the second issue in the run, and they were basically uh, we. It ends up like as we've revealed, Barbara's you know playing. It's basically her own mind is playing a game against her. And these Jawbreaker twins are dressed like villains on a translated anime that Barbara watched when she was a child. Like, first of all, I think that's an amazingly cool, like, such a cool concept. First of all, I, I love the idea of, like, oh, okay, Batgirl watched cartoons as a kid. Like, mm -hmm. that that's so cool. Yeah. And then just, like, the scene where she goes to the, the comic book toy shop and runs into that guy that's become so typical in geek culture these days where he's just, like, every time she asks a question, he corrects her with the proper Japanese right, name right, right, instead right, of the right, English right. translated name. And, um, like, to me, like, I, I see that so much with people who get, get mad at, you know, who correct people who use knowledge from, you know, comic book movies or whatever. That's such a right. relatable thing. <laughs> yeah. And like I said, just the idea and the idea that like it's cosplaying twins and like introducing cosplay as a concept into mm -hmm. the real DC universe. 
And, like, I like that they introduced it without, like, I mean, arguably, I guess, but, like, I, I didn't, again, it was one of those things I didn't question. It wasn't, like, I wasn't, like, oh, cool, like, like, they're making such a big deal about doing it. It was more, like, oh, cool, like, this is happening, <laughs> like, yay. But, yeah, like, like, again, like, with a lot of the changes that were made in Batgirl, I feel like they do a good job of introducing things without, make like, new, quote-unquote, new concepts or, like, quote-unquote, un- like, controversial topics without making an unnecessarily big deal of it. Yeah, and there was a really nice moment uh, when she was uh, battling those twins uh, where she had, a, I guess, a flashback to when uh, when she first watched the cartoon with her dad. Oh, my God. And Love she, that she was moment. Also, she was, like, all, like, oh, no, like, so how's the hero gonna win? Like, oh, cute. Dude, it's all, yeah, it's all in peril. And her dad was like, don't worry, like, it's okay. Like, the hero always wins. Like, here's the person's strategy. And it's actually the strategy that she ends up using against these yeah. Uh, players. So, yeah, Jim Gordon gets a nice little shout-out. Just tears. dad of the year. Just tears. I like that moment for the fact that, like, he didn't just tell her, oh, don't worry, honey, it'll be okay. But just, like, he, he went into real cop mode and was like, no, this, this is what she's going to do. Why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck him up, like, got it. Well, I was going to say one of my favorite parts of the comic was when she actually embraced the whole Batgirl thing on, like, social media. Mm. I thought that was pretty cool. Like, you know, I'm a big uh, Wire fan, as many would, would say. And one of the quotes from there is, like, you know, your name is your name who you are is important and for someone who's stealing her identity which you know initially i thought was like kind of a trivial thing it's like identity theft that's who you're fighting but it's a big deal because she's batgirl you know and um for her to just embrace and be like well you know i'm not gonna be like batman be weird and hide in the shadows and stuff identity theft is a real problem (laughs) that's that's something to fight against man (laughs) you know a lot of people are fighting against identity theft (laughs) you want to mistake batgirl for like isis or something you know struggle's real (laughs) That was real. There was one other thing I want to say. Okay. And just, and we, we don't have to spend too much time on her, but I just want to say that Black Canary in this book so is cool. amazingly cool. So cool. And I love that it has led to her own book, like carrying on the singer yes, of a band thing. Yes, it's yes. such a cool thing for Dinah to be doing, I think. So awesome. Okay, uh, obviously one of the biggest elements of the book, and I I think, like, all due respect to Brandon Fletcher and Cameron Stewart's writing, which I I think is really good and holds up really strongly, but I think that the biggest and best element of the book is uh, Babs Tarr's artwork, which is over Cameron Stewart's layer. I think it's it's fantastic. I think that I love the cartoony style. I love... It really complements the tone of the book. Like, maybe that style wouldn't work on a lot of other comics, but for this comic and what it's going for, I think it's great. I love the way she draws people. I think that she she draws them with a real, like, cuteness and attractiveness without drawing them as hyper-sexualized mm-hmm. in any way. Like, I, I just think it looks like, it, to me, the, it looks like really cool animation. Mm-hmm. Like, that was my first thought when I first read the book. Like, really, really cool, like, an animated series kind of thing. And uh, actually, my favorite panels, and there's a couple of them, but there's the yeah. one two-page spread really early that I think is really cool. Mm-hmm. When, like, we kind of visualize, Bar- like, we visualize Barbara's photographic memory, mm-hmm. and, like, we visualize her remembering something, and, like, she traces back her own yeah, steps. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Like, the, the memory is in blue. Uh-huh. I-, I thought that was so cool. And such, like, a, a really creative thing to see in comics. Mm-hmm. Um, so what did you guys think of Babs Tarr's artwork? Uh, I thought it was fantastic. I actually wanted to go into... One of my favorite parts was when they go to the art gallery. I know I mentioned it before, but like when they go to the art gallery and just like... I know it's part of like partially... Obviously, it's um, also in relation to just like good storytelling writing-wise, but it's just like fantastic because the way it reads when you like go through the gallery and she realizes like all these 
bat women's and or like you know just dr- uh, bat girls rather just like and then Frankie's like oh you have to see this other this other painting and it's like just this really intense painting of She's her slumped in just like slumped in this wheelchair and I'm like oh shit like j- oh my god like she just hit the fan right now like if anything it's funny because like those kind of moments could so be milked I feel but they just made it all impact and had just like one really big panel for that painting and was just like boom and then you just see her reaction face and it's not like you know, I mean it's horrified but it's not like no nah, like it's not like too dramatic it's like to the point where like you read further but then you're just still like what the fuck was that that was so like intimate right. and crazy I agree and like I, I liked like with her face like you said again I liked it like she didn't like break down in tears or anything as much as she was like i'm gonna find this person and kick their ass it was so cool because like it wasn't exactly like it wasn't it could have been like more visible like visibly emotionally traumatizing for her to see that but instead she was like the fuck like 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 more just more ang or like not even angry just more determined to find out like who was behind all of it also the idea of the poses that backer was making in the photographs or the paintings were like code or like, um, you know, like the hand gestures like meant something. I was like, I would have never seen that. Like, what? That's crazy. But I thought that was really cool just as a concept as well. Also, I want to say about the art, not even just like her. I love their clothes and their costumes because when it's uh, focused on a female comic, it can be like really creepy and porny and you don't relate or feel like you could be them. But when they're wearing these like expressive clothes that feel like real clothes, like you just, I feel like I am them. Like I'm like, I want to be you. Like, are you like me? Like we both wear, that's so trendy. Nice look. Yeah. There was a, there was this great thing I saw uh, at the very end of this comic. It wasn't even part of the comic. It was uh, one of the sketches and very, very bold. It was, it was the thing my eye was drawn to first was like not spandex. Yeah, yeah. Not spandex. This is a leather jacket. Like no spandex. Yeah. I was just like, all right, feel that. Yeah, it was a cool uniform. But also, I liked even the way she was drawn as Barbara. Like I thought the art was pretty well done. Like the world was a little bit like I liked the colors, especially with like the two. um, Oh my god, white guys! Like the colors were amazing. Yeah, so fantastic. Um, But it was weird for like a DC comic to be like this bright, you know? Yeah, Um, but that's kind of why I liked it. Yeah, and that's yeah, that's kind of what kind of got I got around to. And um, I just I like her new outfit too. It's just like like you said, it's not very. There's no like weird sexual tones about it. It's like very practical, like cool kind of chick like uh, costume. And it, it works for her, so. Like, forgive me if this sounds ignorant, but it's almost as if you actually are attracted to her because she's a cool person, not because she's, like, this super hot person. Like, she's super cute, but, like, that's the thing. It's kind of just, I don't know, from, like, I don't know. It's just kind of nice to see that because, again, it's not, like, I think that it's very easy to see a very sexualized woman in a comic and as a girl, at least, like, reading it without meaning to, you feel, like, weirdly threatened and then you, like, don't like them because they're not, like, relatable at all. But with this, it's not even just that they're, like, that she's relatable, but she's also, like, I'm just, like, I'd like to be friends with this person. Like, I would like to set her up with a friend of mine. Like, something like that, like, which is kind of nice because I feel like we live in a culture just in general that's very about turning each other against each other like you know turning um women against each other and it's kind of nice to see not only this character who has many female friends but you know and like is just a friendly person but it's nice to see her kind of in a nice costume and with a 
believable body and it's just like practical and she's so cool and like rides bikes and stuff it's like yeah i agree and one one last thing about the costume and like i know i've read this like in interviews with the creative team and stuff that i thought was cool is they didn't like design it for this reason but there was thought put into that this is a very cosplayable costume mm-hmm. like and again kind of going for that audience that maybe loves these characters and will cosplay to cons and whatever but doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily read monthly comics because right. maybe they don't see anything that reflects how they want the characters to go so i think it's cool that and the one other thing uh, as far as the costume just because nobody mentioned it i love the doc martens i think that is yes, such a cool, that's the coolest yeah. part oh my superhero wear doc martens that's awesome yes some classic fucking chucks. And it goes with the theme of hipsterdom. Mm-hmm. True. I was like, word. Didn't even question it. Love it. All right. Well, I think that about wraps things up for Batgirl of Burnside. Thank you for joining us for another amazing Comics First podcast. Make sure to see the other ones we did today, including Moon Knight and Injection, the Interns podcast, and X-Men. We'll don't, see you next time. Don't forget Bitch Planet. And Bitch Planet, of course. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening. This is Comics First. Bye. Go to sleep. 